Hello and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, with my co-host, Dad. And I know we have to talk about the sponsor, but I'm really excited about today because we're talking about empty nesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm particularly excited about this because I literally have no idea, and I'm really excited to hear what you have no, to say. No, this is interesting because I think you're going to be able to be, from your uh, observation, uh, as you see mom and I in empty nesting, as well as others. But um, today's sponsor is um, five-day Bible reading programs, which are available online. Um, you can get them. Uh, this, I think, one's done by Matt Chandler, but I don't know if that's... <laughs> yeah, so we'll just leave that alone. Um, uh, but Well, you know what I, I have recently started using? And you can get it on the Kindle. What's that? The one-year Bible. Oh, yeah. So you, you, maybe that should be our sponsor. I do the uh, New Living Translation so that it gives me a different take. It That's... helps. Yeah, I don't know if you ever get that. Like sometimes you start reading the Bible and it feels like Bibleese, and your brain starts just skipping uh, over it. One of the things that I think you can do is, you know, I, I am like I read the Bible every year. It sounds really spiritual, but the truth is, man, when you get in Chronicles and Kings. You book through that. Like, I know these stories. And see, it's good to read now. Like, and different Peter begot PJ and PJ begot Finn. Neither of those, all three of those are not in there. <laughs> Just going to hold out. But there is that going on. And then even this king was good. This king was bad. 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 This king was good. So, you know, but back to what we're talking about. We're talking about, hey, guess what? Um, read the scriptures, I guess, would be our real sponsor. Um, and don't be afraid to try different translations. So tell me, PJ, as we get started with this, when you think of empty nesting, what do you think of? Um, and this might be a weakness as well as a strength is that I immediately think of the problems. So um, probably should look at the opportunities it provides, but my first thing is it's a very common divorce marker. So I, I didn't, you know, have that as my first thought, but it... I, I like I said, it could be a weakness. No, yeah. but I think it's really there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, what I have written down is this is a great opportunity for you to continue to kindle, no, kindle double uh like our sponsor uh nlt but this is a great way to kindle uh your relationships this is you know when you get into empty nesters there's often the potential of grandkids um and then there's off, often the potential and we're going to talk about this change in uh the scenario of the last of your years you know how do we word that? What are we going to call that? Did you say like aging? Like in aging, your, yeah, aging yeah. well, aging well. So, in in all reality, when you are talking about empty nesters, you're starting the pattern of beginning to age well, and we'll continue that in our next um, statements and thoughts on change. But it's sad that you say this, but it's reality. It is a bookmark of potential. Um, struggles because you have built so much uh, or spent so much energy and put in so much time into children and including your wife, the family, but this overall where you've not nurtured your marriage. And so couples um, will often struggle. So yeah, you, 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 so you can't see folks, PJ's hand kind of flickered, which means he has a thought. So let's well, roll with that thought. 
because so there's two yeah and it, it goes along with what you're saying there's really two things that uh lead to divorce at that point one is a lot of people hold on until the kids hanging are gone. in there i'm gonna hang in there till the kids and are gone. then some people are hanging on but they don't realize it and it doesn't become clear until the kids are gone that their marriage is a shambles and so it's a it's a combination of those like those two things are similar but one is people intentionally doing that and one is people not realizing it till the kids are gone i think it's really important folks if you're out there listening that you don't get discouraged that you don't get hung up on this but you have to be aware like you have to be aware that man i've got to cultivate my marriage during formal years of your family and you know the truth is uh and for those that you don't know as listeners you went to college but i was on the campus so we were blessed to be able to see you go through that stage of your life i remember dropping your brother off at college at samford in birmingham alabama i remember we were in this like auditorium and they handed us kleenex and said leave and your mom and i cried all the way in fact right now um drew and his mom aka my wife lisa are driving back from birmingham and they were on 20 going towards atlanta and they're coming down 75 then we live in the orlando area i can remember going across 20 heading to atlanta crying not talking just crying and it wasn't a bubbly it was just unending tears and mom was crying so I'm looking over at her and we would kind of feel pain and then smile. And then the most incredible thing ever occurred. I said, do you want to just stop at McDonald's and get an egg McMuffin? Cause I used to sell a breakfast for dinner. We got egg McMuffins and we smiled at each other and we didn't cry anymore. Now I'm not saying egg McMuffins are the super pill, but what I think it was is there was just so much emotion pent up. And then we began, and I will say this, and I want everyone to hear this. Everybody's journey is different. But the first six months, really almost a year, it was really amazing. We had, um, we were able to do some things just together. We were together. And for those of you that don't know our story, then God brought a challenge into our life in the midst of um this empty nesting where we fostered a, our niece for two years. And now we've made a different choice, and it's a good choice. It's a growing choice to get a home with you guys. So we're really not totally empty nesters, but there is some, some real empty nesting there. I think you need to be aware in empty nesting there's some things that could occur one, you can become very selfish. What, do you have any idea watching or even thinking about that, why you could become selfish? Well, and we'll talk about this with retirement. And I think each of these uh, yeah, are divorce points, actually. Uh, and so I love that we're talking about, you know, aging well. We're talking about retirement, you know, which is often different from empty nesting. Mm -hmm. um, the, oh, it, is it is different in most cases. In both cases, you are released from obligations mm -hmm. and you move into freedom. And some people don't know how to deal with freedom. 
And so when you have freedom, and that's what, I mean, I really admire what you did taking on your knees, um, that you chose to use your freedom to love on somebody and to help someone in the community, right? To serve someone else. And uh, maybe to you, it felt like an obligation, but socially, most people would have just said no. And I know that because a lot of people did without throwing them under the bus. I don't think that in our society, that's considered an obligation, if that makes yeah, sense. I, so, yeah. Um, and uh, I think one of the things that was good about that for us, and by the way, folks, this is still all about empty nesting, but we want to make this point, is it stretched uh, us uh, because we became, you know, this is what we could do. Hey, do you want to uh, go uh, look at the new couches that we were looking at? Okay, let's do that. Let's stop it um, and grab something real quick to eat, whereas you don't have any responsibilities. And then we end up with a seven, eight-year-old girl, and then here's the, the truth, folks, is you have all of a back into school, you, you know, can't go out in the evening, got to be in bed by the, the uh, you know, girls in uh, first, second grade. Oh, then we had the, the encouragement of COVID, so now mom's homeschooling slash somebody's saying well you shouldn't homeschool well the encouragement yeah the encouragement of covid yeah let's just be real honest anybody that stayed home and schooled during that time was basically homeschooled yeah i think everyone would agree with that you know and so that was that was different the big go back to what you said though about selfish because or i don't remember how you worded it but it's really true you give you have freedom now Yes, and some people don't know how to handle it. And when they was the last time? You, when was the last time you had that type of freedom? No, no, I'm going to say time. that yeah. for you even. Yeah. When was the last time? And I'm really going to be careful how I say this. Yeah. You almost did what you wanted to do. Um. Last Wednesday, I got no. an hour off. <laughs> no, no, no. When's the last time? I yeah, say yeah, this yeah, all yeah. the time, and this is a yeah, change yeah. thing. When's the most selfish age in the world? I think it's the most selfish. Oh yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be college. Yeah, because before that, you you're in a system of family, and yeah. there's rides that be worked out. Then you go to college, and you just go, I don't know, I'm going to do. I'm going to go here tonight. I'm going to go do this night. In some ways, and I got married young, right? And well, so that's like I that period was shortened for oh, me. Oh man, I I had five years of that. Okay. You had four. I think you look at that, you don't even realize it, but you just kind of do, and then responsibilities hit. And then you know you start working for a living, and you have family. Uh, Simil- some, so let me just ahead. say, so there's similarities to that now, because yeah. we're, we're still married, but we do it. You know, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Where do you want to go now? We don't have the obligation of children. Yeah, well, you're, you're advancing into responsibility, and it's a very different thing. And that's what, some of college, what's really tough about college isn't even so much college itself. It's the knowledge that you are growing up and you have to accept more responsibility. Oh, yeah. And then as soon as you're empty nesting, you're like, I did it. I was I was a good boy and now I deserve a treat. Honestly, it's unbelievable you say that because the first thing that comes to mind, freedom, yeah. <laughs> freedom, freedom. Okay, I won't go any further. So something I don't want to miss in this is that what you said earlier, marriage first. So as you're preparing for empty nesting, don't lose sight with your kids that your marriage comes first and your kids will benefit from a strong marriage. Not a question. And they will know, even no matter what you pour into them, if you aren't pouring into your marriage, they will know and it will hurt them. Um, and something that I did that I am very grateful I did, um, 
is at the seven-year mark, I knew that was a common divorce marker. And so I told Becky Sue, um, I want to spend an hour with you every night. So we spent an hour together every night uh, very intently. You know, I think we were like walking and talking, that sort of thing, for, an, for a year. We made sure that every night we spent an hour. And I think actually that was integral to the success of our marriage. The reason I bring that up is because as you approach empty nesting, and I think that's really over and over again. I mean, we're seeing this now with some people we know. Your success is built before the event happens. Oh, all the and time. And so build your, have a plan for when empty nesting happens, for what you're going to do with your wife. Don't just like, wow, we're empty nesting now. Now what? And then everyone has different expectations, yeah, different I think plans. You need to, yeah, I think you need to start those habits. Like one of the things that is very integral for us and our marriage is to go for a walk in the morning together. All right. And, and very frankly, we're going to talk about this in the next segment, but you know, it does correlate to this segment. We, you know, my, uh, Lisa, my wife just got done watching my parents and they moved into assisted living. Well, it was very difficult to walk uh, in the morning because she had to be over there at eight, uh, sometimes earlier, depending on the type of the day. So I think you're, you're right. And those uh, 45 minute walks in the morning were integral for us to communicate. Uh, I probably brought it up on this, but even we would, this is important for preparing, not just for empty nesting, but for all, like we each Sunday, you know, talking about what your week look like. Because we both have things that we're doing. Right. And and we both are working. Uh, mom's part-time, um, and I'm obviously sometimes beyond full-time. Um, yeah. So th those things. But you need to, as you said, set up these guardrails, these thoughts. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about this with money, and that's how he talks about it. Um, I saw a video from, oh, I'm going to mess up his name now that I said that, John Gardner. Um, he's kind of a, uh, YouTuber, but also like a New York times bestselling author multiple times, um, writer of like fault in our stars, that sort of thing. But he said that he had a, a life-threatening illness and up to that point, uh, he had been working for money and afterwards he would like sat back, rethought his life and he realized I have enough money to live on. I'm going to work on stuff that matters to me, which sometimes mm -hmm. means losing money. Right. And, um, and I think that really matters for retirement. I think that's what you should be aiming for in retirement is he kept working, but he worked on what mattered to him and mm -hmm. he worked with freedom. And uh, as we look at empty nesting, what you all of a sudden have is a surplus of time, a surplus of mental energy, right? And so choosing... One, I think it, it's good to still invest in your kids, and I don't want to, but it, it's, it's a different thing. But the point is, is that now you have time to give time where it, it's important and where it's important to you, where you're able to pursue things that matter. And so it doesn't like, um, I think it's not bad to like pick up a new hobby, that sort of thing. And, you know, like to enjoy yourself a little bit, like you have been working hard. But I also think to just look at that and be like, I'm done and I can just let go. And instead look at like, ah, what kind of new opportunities does this allow me for the kingdom? 
That's it's a really good point because I think that way, if you invest in you, you're still able then to invest in others because you're growing. And that is, I think this is a great time for you to grow yourself, especially in the area of wisdom and discernment. And you, you should have been doing that the whole time, but you're, you're ca- uh, is it, what's the right word? Probably, I want to say, in capturing all of it. There's a better word for that than that. But you're capturing all of that wisdom, and now you ought to be investing yeah. in others. But you can't really invest unless you're taking care of yourself. So really good thoughts. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Anything else you want to throw in there before we jump off? No, I think that was actually really good. Thanks, okay. Dan. Hey, folks, uh, appreciate you all. We hope that uh, you appreciate Weary Dads because we love doing this together, and we hope that we can be an encouragement to you. Empty nesters don't get discouraged. Take the ball and run with it. Appreciate y'all. Love you, Dad. See you. Love you.